0: Welcome to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. This is the place to learn how to get through your worst rock bottom and start to embrace adversity. I'm your host, Petra Belzebor. I'm a therapist and a life coach, but my biggest learning is from my own rock bottom. My story includes being raised in a cult, dealing with depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, and alcoholism. But along the way, I've learned to turn my entire life around to one of success, joy, and fulfillment. So in this podcast, I'll be talking to people from all walks of life who've done the same. I'll be teasing out the skills and tools necessary, as well as using my own experience to teach you how to turn your adversity into your biggest advantage. Welcome everyone to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. I'm so excited uh, today to have Alex Rudnicka. Um, with us today to talk about her story uh, from sort of growing up in Poland uh, to uh, running an international business. I'm so excited about this journey. Um, She, at the moment, helps ambitious individuals to design a powerful self-image so they can become the person who can achieve their wildest dreams. I love that line. Tell us, Alex, welcome. Um, What are you passionate about in, in your work and your life at the moment?
1: hi Petra thank you so much for having me and actually well done for saying my surname right thank (laughs) you that's that's normally the biggest fear of anyone who's speaking to me so well done for that
0: thank you um
1: yes as you as you very much um said yourself in the in the opening um I am hugely passionate about helping people designing a powerful self-image because um you know, when we have a goal to achieve, we normally just go, go at it and we write down, okay, well, this is what I would like to achieve. But we never ask ourselves, who do I need to become in the process to be able to achieve that goal right and so for example fr- coming back um, from, from from your own story you know, I want to kind of like you know put a little bit of spotlight on yourself here you know I I know that you when you decided to start making changes you ask yourself very powerful questions right you said Absolutely. well who would that person be who would that petra be well she would be courageous right she Absolutely. would have an education she would be the opposite of depression and so without maybe realizing what you've done is that you've asked yourself who would that person be so she could have the life that she wanted right you didn't just sat down and said well this is the life I want to be I, I want to have you ask yourself who do I need to become in the process and then you started embodying embodying this person
0: right, right? yeah absolutely I think that's what. once I learned to ask myself who I needed to be in order to achieve goals um the the whole thing changed um, because i was then working on my inner resources to get there um, i mean what do you want and and mapping out uh you know what you want life to look like is equally as important because so many people i say they know what they don't want but when i say what do you want they suddenly go uh, uh i'm not sure you know so so i feel like it's a great first step to think about you know what what are the things that i want and then crucially it makes such a difference in order to get there with you know your well-being and your mental health intact is to go who do I need to be? And at the hardest times in my life, every single morning, I would write down three things I was grateful for because there's science behind that. And uh, what did I need to do? Three things. And who did I need to be? Took five minutes, but absolutely changed the entire trajectory of my life.
1: Absolutely. This, this is life-changing. And um, when it comes to self-image, uh, we can never exceed of, of, of what our self-image is. And so if we don't have that powerful internal drive and and belief that we can achieve what we want to achieve we will never be able to to get the goals and you know th- my work comes obviously from my from my own transformation I am um, naturally I'm I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure if you're familiar with the uh, personality types but I am the intJ type which is a very kind of like a shy introvert but a very powerful person at the same time. And so um, I kind of like, I'm shy and I'm scared of things. And also because because of my, my own story, I used to be scared of everything. I remember when I came to England, I was 21, I could barely speak English. And I suddenly found myself in a situation that I had 70 pounds in my pocket, nowhere to live, no work. And what do you do with that? Right? Oh my goodness. And so... Yes, exactly. So I ended up, I ended up actually living in a in a in a hostel because that was the only place that I could afford. I literally was it was about midnight. I I went to a you know twenty four hour uh, internet cafe and I was like, okay, where do I go? <laughs> right. So I searched for hostels and like cheap places to stay uh, because that's what you do when you have seventy quid in your pocket that and no friends, no, and no family, and nowhere to go. Um, and I found this place and it was fifty pounds to um, stay there for a week. And I ended up living in this just horrible dodgy hostel um that was like filled with ex-convicts right oh my god <laughs> and I, think I, I think I was the only woman there and i i remember being i was so scared and I got myself a job as as a glass collector in one of the restaurants in in, in central London and I couldn't even afford the transport so I would walk I would walk every day to 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 from um um, from from where I was living to 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 the restaurants, and I had like one white shirt because it was like pre uh, Primark times. You right. know? So <laughs> th- th- there wasn't any like cheap shirts, you know, that you could just get for like you know two quid or something. And I would like go home to the to, the, to that to that hostel, and and I remember washing that one white shirt in the communal sink in the in the kitchen, and I would just like you know make sure that the, the the shirt is clean for the for the next day, and I would have like crack addicts, you know
0: you know, around me, just asking me, do you want some? (laughs) Um, So so, give us, let me pause you for a minute, Alex. So, so, I mean, you, you absolutely create a very stark image of what life was like just coming over here Mm -hmm. and absolutely starting from scratch with, with no cash. And I'm, I'm curious about sort of the, the bit before, like what drove you, what, what made you make the decision to, to move here in the first place? What was the context of life sort of growing up for you?
1: Absolutely. So obviously, you know, I, I grew up in Poland, and um, I kind of was in a very regular, ordinary family living in a block block of flats. Um, and um, my surroundings, you know, there was a lot of, not to put it bad, but there was a lot of drugs, there was a lot of alcohol, there wasn't really any ambition around me. So again, that's where the seed of my desire started, because I was looking around myself, and I was like, is this the life I want to create because something in me something in me already back then knew well, if this is your environment, this is what you're going to end up as right and you know some some of my friends ended up as as um drug addicts, some of them had you know just regular jobs at, at pescolin you know kind of being at the checkout girl, and I didn't want that um and again I couldn't really afford to go to university. And for all of the proper jobs, you needed English. And I couldn't speak English. Right. (laughs) So um, I literally just made the decision, okay, well, I'm going to go to England as an au pair and and just for a year, just for a year. And uh, and then the language. So that's exactly what I did. I filled out the application. Um, um, Already back then I had like my first job working for a a market research company. So I, I spent all of this money for a plane ticket one way one way um, I like that yes it was, it was it was a one-way ticket and you know I don't want to like go into too much details but you know my family there was a lot of um there was a lot of abnormalities so to speak you know my, my dad kind of like struggled with alcohol so I didn't have positive role models, and I just knew at that point I didn't know um that that's what you've said before
0: as well I didn't know at that point what I wanted I just knew what you didn't want I didn't want that so it's and a great so- it's a great first driver actually to to be running away from something from a past that you you're you're afraid can sort of consume you if you don't move forward
1: absolutely and at that point at that point emotionally I was quite numb I remember sitting sitting you know on, on the plane being 21 I mean when you were 21, you were supposed to be like, I can take on the world. And then you're just <laughs> feeling confident and like having loads of dreams and parties and, yeah. and friends. Whereas I was the complete opposite. I was just sitting on that plane and there was no excitement in me whatsoever. There was no emotions that I was going to. England. I, I was just like, I'm leaving the shit
0: behind and I, I don't know what I want. I just know that I don't want that. Um, And and who who did, so so your parents weren't the great role models, it sounds like. It sounds like you were really on your own in making some of these decisions. But was there anyone else that that maybe influenced you, whether it was a a teacher or a friend or a moment where you felt, hey, something else must be possible?
1: Um, Yes, actually. Um, And um, there was a book.
0: (laughs) I can hear you you smiling. (laughs) I can hear you smiling.
1: Yes, I'm smiling because there was there was only one book that ever it, it just made me ask the question, how could I change? to what extent could I change? And um back then, I was um, an overweight child sitting in my room, really lonely. I think I was about twelve or thirteen. Um, so it was years, 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 years before I made that decision. and it was the it was the book that was handed to me actually by my dad. Um, and it was, it was one of the, um, Tony Robbins books, um, called the, um, 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 Awaken the Giant Within. Oh, wow. Yes. And I remember reading it. I, I, honestly, I was only about 12 or 13, but just really, really, I already knew that I was really unhappy. And I remember reading this book and it made perfect sense to me and it made me ask questions and I think it made me, um, have hope. And, and I didn't really have, as I said, any, any other role models in my life. I just knew that I didn't want to be like people around me. So I guess, um, if there is only one, one thing that I can pinpoint, it would be that book that I would just kept going to. And at that point, I didn't have the strength to implement. Of course not. So I didn't really make any changes.
0: But it sounds like it planted the seed. It planted the seed of a question. How
1: much could I change? And that was the beginning. It showed me that
0: maybe there was something more for me. That's that's how it started. Exciting! It's, I'm just always fascinated by where the seeds are planted and what are the things that stick with us and the things that we ignore. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. So so years later, uh, that seed sort of grows, and you now with your drive just go fuck it. I'm moving, but but you're not in an excited kind of joyous state. You're almost in shock or trauma or, or, or numb, as you said. Um, about going, Hey, this is the rest of my life, but I've no idea what's going to happen.
1: Exactly. And I think, you know, um, to, to, to people who are listening to this, to your audience, I, I really want to point out that to start making changes, you don't have to have that drive. You don't have to be in that state of like, yes, I'm going to make changes. Sometimes you just need to drag. And sometimes you just need to take one inch at a time. For me, as I said, I didn't even know where it would lead. I didn't know that I would end up being, you know, homeless with 70 pounds in my pocket because the family that I've worked for. He just decided to let me go. Right? Oh, oh, God. <laughs> um, and um, just, just to say I didn't do anything wrong. I, I, I just said that I wanted to look for a job and they needed a proper nanny because the kids had, like, big issues with their behavior. So they needed a proper nanny anyway. Um, but just to kind of, you know, mem- let people know, you, you, really, you really sometimes just need to start going in, in, in a direction not even knowing what the next step is. And, and
0: that's, that's the proper step. That's amazing because you don't have to have it all figured out. That's what you're
1: oh, saying. no. God no. You just need to everything for me everything starts with a desire. And you know there is there is the there is this saying that um a desire doesn't shout it whispers.
0: Mm. Right.
1: Mhm. Which means that sometimes we have that very very quiet voice in our head there is more for you or yeah. if you go and go, go could go and do this and you don't have to have you know, that powerful drive. Yes, this is who I'm going to be. You don't have to have it figured out. You just need to start going and and it will intensify over time as you train yourself to actually listen to yourself. I'm a very, very intuitive person. I always make a lot of decisions not knowing what the outcome will be and, 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 you know, taking risks.
0: Well, you've obviously developed that skill and it's it's worked for you now in in business and your your personal life, but it, it started with really not knowing. Uh, and, and being in sort of dangerous situations
1: absolutely, and you know I remember um, I remember kind of you know as, as I was growing and, and, and being being a glass collector, what really helped me then was just observing people around me teaching myself, teaching myself the language and, and paying attention to what people were doing who were above me because I knew I wanted to grow. So then I progressed myself to, to you know, from being a glass collector. By the way, a glass collector is that person that no one talks about, talk to. You know, there's that invisible person who goes and collects glasses all day long and then she washes them and then she replaces them for the bar stuff. So you you, you just don't count. You're like, you don't exist at all. Um, and then I became um, a, bar, a bartender and then a waitress, a restaurant manager. And then I actually went and moved into a financial industry and started having a great career in, in a financial industry. Where again, I didn't really have the skills, but by then I already had the people skills. Mm.
0: Um,
1: so again, the only thing that was driving me was this: it was asking myself a question. Okay, what's next? Right? How can I? How can I? How can I grow from that? And so, one thing I we really, really want to point out is that every time when I've made a decision to go higher, it was because there was some sort of dissatisfaction with the with the with the current situation right? So I remember when I was already working as a restaurant manager, there came a point that I was so dedicated to my work because I was operating in fear. Oh my God, if I don't do this perfect, then they will let go of me and that sort of stuff. Because I think that if you come from difficult situations, you are very much in a people pleasing state, right? You are very much like, what will they think of me if I'm not perfect? So a lot of that kind of like perfectionism and being very good at what you do, it may come from not very good source. And that served me for a long time. That's why I kept growing because I was so
0: scared of people judging me, right? Because my self-esteem was so low. Um, well, that's what I was thinking. It's, it's sort of a reflection of your, your self-worth at the time and how much you, you believe in yourself and your ability to have a voice in the situation. It's like an assumption that other people are right or normal or no better.
1: Absolutely. And, and so, you know people from the outside couldn't see that. From the outside, they thought I was just this this driven, confident person who wanted to get promoted. But inside, I was just a little girl who who said, "Well, if I'm not doing my job perfect, if I'm not always saying yes, then they will just let go of me. right? You were still kind of like very much ingrained from 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 childhood that if you didn't do what was expected of you, then you were not given love. it's It's such a close mm-hmm. correlation. And, and 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 if we don't if we are not careful, we will, you know, we will kind of have that kind of codependency in our grown-up life if we don't learn
0: to, 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 to let go of that. Oh, especially if there's any kind of addiction or anything like that running, running in our families. It seems to be really heightened.
1: Yes, absolutely. So the moment when, when I, when I, when I, um, decided to make a change was the moment that I found myself working hundreds hundred hours in a week, hundred oh hours in one week. Right. Like people, <laughs> you know, I used to live back then in a flat ship. People thought that I moved out because I was gone before they woke up and I was, you know, I would go home, um, after, after they went to sleep. So I literally walked myself to the bone. Um, and, and, and again, it was that point when I was like, okay, I I, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. So again, it was the dissatisfaction with the current situation that asked, okay, what's next?
0: I I want to highlight that point because often people get stuck in the dissatisfaction of of where they are. Um, and that can really bring people down, but looking, I I tend to now look at a, a dissatisfaction in a job as, as a message to me or an opportunity that it's time to like up level and move into the next thing. You literally took, took took this out of my out of my mind. Right. I it, could feel like we were aligned there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. It's a it's it's a message and you know, your emotion your your emotions are good and bad are messages. They're speaking to you, they're letting you know. If you're not happy, hey, it's time for a change, it's time to grow,
0: it's time to stretch. Which can be hard. Let's be real here. When you're in it, it feels like impossible, right? Because you're dissatisfied, your morale is low, your energy might be low, and you're feeling your, your self-worth or your triggers, like everything's going off, right? So to actually tune in and, and change the perspective and go, hey, this is an opportunity. How do I look for the next thing? I mean, that took me years, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This is, this, is, this, is, this is where mindset work really comes into play, right? And, and, and understanding how the human mind works. And also understanding that um, this is something that, you know, you've asked me, I think, before, you know, what, what is the one thing that you really want people to know? And I said to you, um, you will be defining the moments of fear. And what I mean by that is that I can very, very clearly pinpoint looking back and reflecting at my story at moments where I was so scared, yet I was forced to make a decision. Right. Yeah. So just, just, just to give you an example, um, already when I, when I was living a regular life, I was, I was, uh, I was a manager, um, for one of the major, um, um British banks had a good life, had a good house. Uh, I was a single mom by, by then and I already had a dream. I already knew that my purpose in life, because before that I would, I would take any job and, and anything, right. Just because sure. I wanted just to, to survive. More. Yeah, absolutely. But at that point I'd had a good regular life. And I already knew that my purpose was to work with people, but I wouldn't know quite how to go about it. And so i asked myself, okay, well, I need to invest in myself. What do I need to do? And there was a very, very clear answer Well, you need to go and, um, you know, educate yourself. Mm. But I had no money. I couldn't get a loan. I couldn't get a credit card. I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't have any support, no family to help me, no partner to help me, no friends to give me money.
0: And you're a so single mom. Start-
1: and I'm a single mom living in London, so you right. know what kind of prices are in London, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the answer was obvious. Well, go back to your roots and get a second job. So I, I took a second job and I ended up working six days a week for, for sorry, um, seven, seven days a week for six months, kind of having my career work, um, you know, Monday to Friday and then Saturday and Sunday working, working as a waitress for minimum wage, just to kind of save up some money, just to realize after six months that my main salary was actually reduced by a hundred pounds due to like tax differences. Mm. And so this is one of those defining moments when I realized that my main salary was reduced and I'm like, well, I haven't got enough money to invest in myself, but I, I, I can't move forward and I can't start a business without having the knowledge.
0: Yeah.
1: So what do I do? And I remember being so angry. I remember I, I ran out of my office and, and, and um, and, my office was kind of like in the, in the residential area of London. And there was like, um, you know, those like neighborhoods when you have houses and then the kind of like brick wall. And I remember looking at this brick wall and thinking to myself, Alex, do not punch the wall because you will really hurt yourself. Huh? Um, I was so angry
0: because who who were you angry at or what were you angry about specifically the
1: situation that i'm working myself to the bone and yet they they decrease my salary by a 100 pounds yeah because i'm like there is a reason why people have a second job it's not to pay more tax no um and you just can't
0: get ahead you're just stuck
1: I was literally just like stuck. And and wherever I looked, there was a wall. There was a wall in front of me, on on my left side, on my right side, above me, below me, behind me. And I just felt completely trapped like this little bird that is trying to get out, but it couldn't get out. And again, those moments, you know, are defining moments. So at that point, I was in London for 10 years. I've built my
0: life. I've built my career. Um, And I'm asking myself, what do I do now? And can I just ask? I know you didn't have family around, but you may have had a bit more of a network by then. Did you ever ask for help, even if it was just um, emotionally or mental, mentally or practically?
1: I've learned not to discuss my dreams with people around me because, um, for example, Oh my God, my best friend is going to be so upset. Maybe she won't hear it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, sometimes when people are very close to you, um, when you want to expand and stretch yourself, um, they're not always support because they're trying to protect you. So That's true. Unfortunately, my best friend would say, don't you think this is a sign for you to give up and stop? Stay safe.
0: Yes. Exactly, Whereas, and they and they do it because it comes from a good place. Um, or but it but it pretty much reflects their own fear about what's possible in life, and it can really be the most uh, sort of dangerous people to to listen to.
1: Absolutely, you are you are so right with that because again, you know we shouldn't be expecting. Um, and that's another thing, you know, whoever's listening to this, you know, if you have a dream, there's one thing I want you to know: it is your responsibility to protect your dream and fight for it don't expect your family to be pushing you or your friends to be pushing you because they might not have the ambition that you have.
0: So, and so, so you've got to push yourself.
1: You have got to push yourself and you have got to believe in yourself. And, and, and looking at my own story, I know for a fact I would have grown so much faster if I gave myself permission to believe in myself. But for so many years, I was growing, but I didn't really believe that it was possible for me. You know, who am I to do this? I'm just an immigrant. I'm just a poor girl. You know, uh, so I really didn't, didn't believe myself for a very, very, very long time. Um, And so it it really is your responsibility to believe in yourself because people who are around you, they might just say, you know what, maybe it's not meant to be, you know, maybe it would have happened by now. Whereas people who have a rock solid belief in themselves, they understand that it's just, it's just another sign for you to say, okay, what now? How do I need to grow? How do I need to expand? How much more creative do I need to be? Mm. Right. Because I strongly believe, and I know this for a fact that no
0: matter how hopeless your situation is, there is a solution if you ask for it. And so how did you, I'm curious about the how, how did you nurture your self-belief? I mean, what I'm hearing is you were acting as if you had self-belief by continuing to push yourself forward, mm-hmm. even though on the inside you didn't feel it. So, so I'm curious about uh, how you developed your self-belief and of course it, it influences your, your work now, but at, at that really low moment when it was a real challenge, what do you think you did, or, or how did you get through that?
1: Um, by the well, back then I didn't know that much about the human mind that I know right now. I didn't know what my mindset practice was back then. I was just watching hours and hours of motivational YouTube videos. <laughs> but
0: that's like the free way of learning these days, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So that was that was my point. You know, I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have I didn't have someone in my life who um, you know like that kind of like smarter, wise figure Mm. that could tell you, you need to keep going. I didn't have any of that. I only had myself. So, um, I knew somehow that it made me feel better and reading about other people's stories who overcame um, adversity really made me believe that maybe I could do it as well. And I, and I started asking myself a better question. Um, I don't know where I got it from, but there was was a moment when I just started demanding answers. So I switched my focus from, oh my God, I'm trapped, to I demand the answer. What's the answer? What's the answer? And I remember on that day when that happened with the salary, um, I left work early and on my way home, I just, in my mind, I was just pounding constantly. What's the solution? What's the solution? What's the solution? What's the solution? And because your mind is is a goal-orientated mechanism, if you ask it a, a quality question, It will give you a quality answer. And so by by the evening, I had the answer, right? Because I kept asking what's the solution, whereas, oh, my God, there is no solution. I'm trapped. Wherever I go, there is a wall.
0: So so, um, so so being hopeless, or what some people like to do, is talk about the problem incessantly in sort of a kind of warp of you know how bad is it getting for them, uh, mm-hmm. and and it really does reinforce how bad it is in your mind. Rather than I mean, it's such a beautiful example of just switching it around, getting creative, and and insisting that you had the inner resources to find that solution.
1: Yes. And so it is very important that we do allow our emotions to, 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 come to the surface. So I, I have, um, for myself and also for my clients, you know, I have a rule that if something really bad happens, or if you go through a breakup and, um, or if, if something happens in business or, or at work, give yourself time to just like bathe in your own self pity. Oh, for yeah. me, for me, I normally give myself 24 hours. So on that day, I just completely let go. I, I'm like, I don't have to take any responsibility. I don't have to have any solutions. If I want to go, uh, let's just say I'm going through through a uh, breakup, or, or you know, I'm heartbroken after a relationship or something. Yeah. I give myself a full day of just crying, calling all of my friends, eating chocolate, saying, <laughs> eating chocolate, watching romantic comedies and crying every single time when they kiss, right? Because I'm like, okay, this is your 24 hours. Get it out, cry it out, write it out, do whatever. Just feel for it just feels so much feel like pity for yourself yeah feel like she'd be a total victim but then but have a time limit up, absolutely give yourself a deadline when you wake up in the morning
0: and solution? G- can I just say, to you, this is funny, because I absolutely do this myself. Um, yes. be, and it used to just go on into eternity, right? And now I give myself 12 to 24 mm. hours. And usually I don't actually need it for more than three or four, you know, yes. uh, uh, right? which is great. Um, but but for, for the listeners, th- that permission to absolutely fall apart is essential and crucial. But think now when you're in a sort of safe, peaceful space, that the next time something happens, because it's hard to make these decisions when you're in that space, the next time something happens, I will give myself 24 hours to fall apart and then I will stand up, I will exercise, I will listen to a podcast, I will motivate myself and I will keep taking action even if I don't feel like it.
1: Yes, that is absolutely correct. And again, if you can give yourself permission to fall apart, you are so much quicker to, to pick yourself up.
0: Absolutely. Yes. And, and yeah. I know this wasn't necessarily part of your story. I mean, you said, you said talking to girlfriends and things, I think it's essential that we connect to people in our lowest moments. Um, when we isolate ourselves, it triggers shame. I talk about this a lot, uh, cause it's my experience. Um, but as soon as we come out into the light, uh, with our vulnerable selves, we have the possibility of, of moving forward. Yes, that's a that's
1: a very fair point. Um, and on that note, I just want to add that you know there there, there is a difference between um, voicing your emotions to your friends and getting that kind of being heard and being influenced how to make decisions. So yes, absolutely go ahead and voice your emotions and and, and, and how bad you're feeling to your friends. However, when it comes to making decisions, especially risky risky decisions, because I'm gonna tell you in a second what came after you yeah, know yeah. after that evening is that you need to have enough um, trust in yourself yep. um, that you, you know that the crazy decision, decision that you might have to do as a solution, which is the only solution
0: in a given situation, is the correct one, even if your friends say that it's not. Listen to, listen to your own intuition. Um, and of course, there's a, there's a wider point that if you have friends that are you know, consistently being risk-averse or dragging you down, perhaps it's time to shift your friendship group.
1: Yes, I mean I have let go of so many people through through my journey as I was growing as I was growing in England because again once I stopped being a waitress and, and other people kind of kept going on this you know we kind of became irrelevant right and again when I went into the banking um, people people would stay in the banking once once I went into business people who had who had jobs it's such a different world when you start earning your own money when you don't have a salary anymore obviously some friends remain because they they keep growing in different areas i'm not saying you have to let go just because they're not growing as fast as you are sure. but if, if there is any kind of like negativity and people not supporting you or god forbid if they're jealous in a in a negative mm, way yeah. you need to give yourself permission to let go of them because through letting go of them, you will open up the space for people who are on the same level as you are.
0: Love it. So now I'm so excited. What happened next? Well,
1: <laughs> uh, actually, what happened next is that, you know, sometimes, I don't know if you if you uh, believe in God. I mean, I believe in energy. I I'm not really religious, but I, I do believe in energy. I do believe in the universe. And I was in that moment of like, what's the solution? What's the solution? And my boss has called me and my boss never used to call me because I was, um, I was just very, very good. At what I was doing, I didn't need any man- kind of like management or supervision. And she called me and I could, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't talk and no one knew at work that I had two jobs. No one knew about my dreams. Um, so it was all kind of like done in secret because, you know, if people think that, you you're pursuing something else and they will think maybe you don't have to perform anymore maybe you you will start slacking yeah. so I kept everything a secret you know how much I was struggling how much I was working um outside of the hours um and I at that moment I just couldn't talk and I and I told her everything and she just asked me one question she just said um you mean, have you ever considered living outside of London and to me you know everything what I knew was, was London, London, London was home so I got home I've opened up my my laptop I looked up my company's website where whereas they had vacancies and they had the had a vacancy in the south um, um, southwest of England I've opened up a second window in on right move you know the website where they give you the um, rent prices yep. I looked at the house two bedroom house I and as soon as soon as I saw the price of the of of the rent i was like oh my god this is the money like if i can save i think the price was um 40 percent of what i was paying in london
0: yeah i can imagine
1: this is where the money is coming from i think it was a difference of about 800 pounds or something i was like that's my investment money that's my growth money and boom the decision was made it literally split seconds i didn't think do i know anyone in southwest do i want to move do what's going to happen with my daughter's school. What's going to happen with, um, with my friends, what's going to happen with the whole life that I've built in London. I knew what I wanted and I knew that I needed to invest in myself. I couldn't get alone. I couldn't get any other help. And I, it had to happen.
0: This was the and way. This,
1: this, this is the way. And within the month, everything, everything, everything was done. I had a new job. I had, my daughter had a new school. I found a place, which was the walking distance from, from my office. um, and the most interesting point that I really want to point out at this moment is that I didn't even know what my business was going to be at that point. So it's not like I had it all figured out.
0: No, and so this seems to be a theme in your life. You take the next right step. Uh, that's all you can see. And then you 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 know trust that the following steps will reveal themselves.
1: Trust is huge. And if we can if we can give ourselves permission to understand that the change is messy and, and, and and sit kind of like in that, what seems like chaos and thinking, Oh my God, what am I doing? I'm shifting my whole life. I'm moving my family to a different part of the country. You know, how, how is it going to happen? Like, I don't know anyone. If you can just trust that the next step will be revealed to you, you when you are ready, then you will be fine. And, at that moment, I still didn't believe in myself, which is, which is a funny point, which is a very, very funny um, um, part of the story.
0: Yeah. Well, it is because the, the, the theme again is, and I say this in talks that I do, is start before you're ready. So get started before you feel ready. And that's the, the best way, the key way to build your own self-esteem, because suddenly you look back months, years later, and you kind of go, hey, shit, I've done all that stuff. I, you know, and it's, the belief starts to grow organically. Absolutely. This is something. This is this is
1: one of the um, tools that I use when I when I work with my clients. So um, especially when I want when I when I'm working with someone on, on the confidence levels, record. Get a piece of paper. Get a piece of paper and record a situation that you you've just conquered. No matter how small it is. If for you. It's um, speaking to someone because you're speaking, you know, you, you, you're you scared of speaking to people. Record it on a piece of paper and then put it in an envelope or, or in a box. or maybe you can have a file on your phone, wherever, you know, some people are more technical than others. Um, and then over time, what you will realize is that you will start building a body of evidence. So when a situation, when the next so-called wall, as I call them, or the impossible task or impossible challenge um, stands in front of you and and shows to you, show itself to you, you can go back to your body of of evidence and look at those little pieces of paper of like, I thought this was impossible. Yet I did it. I thought this was what impossible. Yeah, I did it. Oh my God, this one, that was totally impossible. (laughs) Right. But, and so you, it's, it's like growing that muscle. And so I think that once you do this enough times, you really reach that tipping point where, no matter what's in front of you, the belief is already there. You may not know how and you don't have to, you don't have to bother yourself with the, how it's going to happen. You just know that, Oh, okay. It's just another one. I'm going to do it anyway.
0: Absolutely. And so how did you invest in yourself?
1: Um, (laughs) why? This is another defining moment. (laughs) So I have already moved to a small town in the Southwest by the seaside in England. And, um, I was working for the same company I was already working with people so at that point I was working with unemployed and ex-offenders so I was already kind of in like helping people space um but I knew that I wanted my own business and I knew I need to get qualifications and um at that point my company started going through um uh, through like difficulties and um we were facing a redundancy so I didn't know whether I was going to to, to lose my job or not so just picture, picture this scenario that I'm being told at work. There is a redundancy going on. I'm in a small town. It was very difficult to find any other jobs because that's what, what happens when you live in a small town. I am being faced with a, with a situation that suddenly now I do have creditability and there is a, there's a course that I want to invest in. And I know that if I do this yearly course, which costs 12 grand, I can start my business and I can have the qualifications and do what I want to do. I'm a single mom. I don't know if I take this loan, if I will have the repayment money, because I'm, I'm just about to be finding out whether I lose my job or not. And yeah. I remember being in my bathroom on the floor, crying with fear. And at that moment, what happened? I was eating a salad and my, my tooth broke. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, what? everything happens at the same time. And I'm realizing I have no money to fix my tooth. I'm about to maybe lose my job. I'm about to, I have to make a decision when I'm taking that loan. And there was a, also a deadline to sign up for the course.
0: Yeah.
1: So I'm literally on the bathroom floor, floor crying and I'm like with fear, right? What do I do? Like, do I take the risk? Like, mm. because again, if you, if you about to, and again, to those who are listening, you know, you really need to picture yourself, that, like, you know, if you are a single man and if you have no support. And if you don't know whether you will be able to repay that debt or not, and if you're scared of that, it's not an easy situation
0: to be Absolutely in. Absolutely not.
1: So I was just thinking, and, and again, suddenly I just got very calm, and, and, and I had it so clearly in my head. This is another defining moment. What are, what are you going to do right now will define your future. And I just got very calm, and I said, what do I want? Well, I wanted my own business. I needed that course. It was a must. So the decision was very, very clear. And I trusted that I would find a way to repay it. So I've made a decision, I got the loan out, signed up myself for the course, and guess what happened? Ten of people ten other people lost the job. Two weeks later I kept my job and I was fine. Ooh. Amazing. And so had I not made a decision,
0: you would have missed the opportunity.
1: I would have missed the opportunity because I would have to, you you could only start that course at once, once a year. So I would have to wait another year, right? So I wouldn't be where I am right now, which is out of work, working for myself and living a life of freedom.
0: So how long, how long did it take you from, from finishing the course to actually make the leap into jumping into your own business?
1: Um... Well, I already, I already kind of like, um, launched the course, you know, half in between half, I think it was in, in about three quarter of, of the course. So, um, and then another, another few months, because obviously you need some time to build momentum. And, 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 and again, you know, um, it, it became so hard for me because I was working a full-time job. I had a house to run, you know, I was working week, weekends and, and nights and just completely running myself to the ground. Um, so then in, in, the end it took me about nearly another year to, 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 go. And then, um, there was another decision that I've made was to, to quit my job when I only had like two months savings because I knew I couldn't carry on going, every, you know, doing everything. Um, so again, I wasn't that ready to, to, to quit, but I just said, no, it's one or the other. So sometimes you just need to, at some point you've got to jump, right? You've got the job and it's so funny because um after something has become a reality, it's so obvious. But I can remember like it was yesterday. Um again, by then I already was educated, so I knew about the, about the power of visualization. So I remember I would I had that little mental movie when I would visualize um every this is funny, every single time when I went to the toilet in at work. It was kind of like my trigger, right? So every single time you go to the toilet, after, you, after you've done what you need to do in the toilet, you visualize, right? So it literally, it literally was like 50 seconds, a yeah. little mental picture of what my future would look like. And I would just do it over and over and over and over again because um, I drink a lot of water, right? And I was thinking to myself, it will never happen. It will never happen. I would just do it over and over and over. And then it happened. And, I'm, and now I'm here. And looking back, it is just so obvious. But when before it happens, it seems again impossible, right? Completely. So you need to support yourself along the way. You need to see your future. This is where the self image is coming into place as well. What would that person behave like? You know, if she knew that she could have that business, what decisions would she make? And I guarantee you that th- those decisions are not the same decisions who a per- who a person who is employed is making.
0: No, and the question, you know, if I had complete self-belief, what would I be doing right now? You know, exactly. can and sort of normally, help you.
1: Absolutely. And the answer is normally scary.
0: <laughs> of course, of course it is. It's terrifying. And then you've got to act or, or do something to, to shift it. And it's, it's very powerful. You've got the, the mindset um, sort of techniques around visualization. But it, let's be clear here, you worked your ass off as well. You know, it's got to go hand in hand.
1: Absolutely. And and so, you know, there is this notion online sometimes when you look, there is so much marketing, you know, especially for coaches that, you know, it's kind of like a lifestyle thing that you get to walk with your laptop on the, on the beach and you just do what feels good. I'm not actually the advocate of that because I strongly believe that you grow from adversity yeah. and adversity is your friend. It really is your friend because, um, there is a reason why adversity comes into, into your life. It shows you, Hey, this is, this is your limits. It's now time to grow. And it will. And the thing the funny thing is that if you can be okay with the fact that challenges will continue growing in, coming to your your life because you continue to grow, then you have nothing to worry about.
0: So it's changing our whole perspective on ad- adversity because challenges will come, and it's going. Hey, what is this going to teach me? Where is this taking me? Almost with a sense of excitement.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we can we can definitely we can definitely reframe that. And <laughs> don't get me wrong. I
0: understand that it's easier said than done. I know. I, I can I picture it. you crying on your bathroom floor, right? Um, it was
1: not funny then. It was It was not like I, I was like, this is adversity and I'm yeah, like, of so happy not. about it. I'm about to make a decision. I was like, oh my God, what if I make this decision and, and my, my, my entire love falls apart? What my mind was telling me you're gonna lose your job. You're gonna become unemployed. Yeah, you're gonna be with, with a pile of debt, with no one to help you, and you will end up being. I mean, it's crazy what your mind can tell you. But if you can again train yourself to understand that you have the answers and there is always a solution, so if you can have that hope, you're going to be you're going to be fine because your story is your story, your circumstances are your circumstances, and I also believe that. You know, your adversity, no matter how bad it is, look at your own story, right? Who would want to grow up in the cold? How horrible is that? But it's given to you so you can do the work that you do today, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You would you would never have the empathy and the understanding of when people are falling apart and, and they're coming to you right you would never be able to put yourself in other people's shoes and so it gives us it gives us a, a place where we can really be non-judgmental and and understand that when people when when someone is in the situation that situation in that in that moment for them is real how you, what your judgment of the situation. And then when you think, oh, it's not that bad, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant, no. because for them, it's the end. It, it's the end. It's the, they can't see their way out. Right.
0: Yeah. When you're, when you're in it, it's, it's hard to move forward. So, um, we're, we're coming to the end of our time. I feel like we could talk, uh, absolutely all day. Uh, what, what advice, so just in a sentence, what advice would you give to your sort of 21 year old self or your 20 year old self when you're just kind of scared and figuring all this stuff out?
1: Oh, you are so courageous. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's one thing, because you know what? Back then, all my life, I lived in fear. And I think it was into my 30s that I stopped living in fear and, and started making decisions not from fear. Um, yeah, so one advice I would give to 21-year-old Alex is that you are making decisions and you are taking risks and you can't even see it. I would grow so much faster. So um, one thing I would say, believe in yourself um, and go go even faster, be bolder than you are. Yes, and love
0: yourself. And love yourself just the way you are. I love that so much. Uh, It's it's especially what I needed to hear today. It's funny how that happens. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, Where can people find you online if they want to connect with you in the future?
1: Absolutely. So my website is actually just being updated because I'm shifting gears in the business. Um, but if they go to www.alexrudnika, um, which I spell my surname, it's r-u-d-n-i-c-k-a.com, um, alexrudnika.com, then they can, you know, read about me and you can find me on Facebook as well. I'm on social media and they can just connect with me there.
0: Perfect. Well, well, we'll add that website into, into the show notes. Um, Alex, thank you so much for your time. So much insight. I'm so excited that you got involved with this. I know lots of people. Well, hey, I got loads out of it and I'm sure other listeners will as well. Thank you so much. You're, you're so welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If something helped you today, please do share this episode with a friend and let them know that they are not alone. I know that for me, isolation kept me stuck much longer than I needed to be. So let's practice courage and talk to someone about what's going on as that's the first step to making life amazing. Check out my website petravelsvore.com for your free kickstarter plan which will teach you to turn your biggest weaknesses into your greatest strengths. Join the community of people who are changing the way they view life's challenges and living life to the full. Until next time, goodbye.